All right, boom, right on the clock, right on time. Uh, welcome, everyone, to the Religious Podcast. Uh, with us today is going to be Matthias Ublenziner. Matthias, say hello. Hello, Kevin, and everybody. Thanks so much for having me. It's a pleasure. Well, Matthias is coming uh, in from Argentina today, uh, about halfway across the world. I'm here in San Diego, California, and uh, we're here for you today. So before we begin, we just want to give you all a little update about what you're watching this podcast on and where to find the final episode after it's produced. Uh, so you're watching this on Crowdcast. It's a new live streaming uh, social media platform. Uh, you can also watch this live on our LinkedIn. Uh, I think the cool part about Crowdcast is why I really like it is one, it's easy to RSVP. You can put it in your calendar. You can follow us on the at the top here, the Real Years Podcast, so you can get updated and notified of more cool episodes with leaders like Matthias, uh, as well as you can chat in the box in the bottom right. So what I all want you to do is just take a look at that bottom right, send us a message, and most importantly, if you have a question for Matthias, I will ask that after the show. We've asked him to hang on, and we will make sure we ask your question uh, so you can ask him one-on-one. Also, folks, uh, there's a link that flew in earlier. Uh, it's how to subscribe to the Real Leaders Podcast. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're on Spotify. Any place you listen to your podcast, we're going to be on there. There's a link that you can go on. You can subscribe. Really easy to do. I'm going to try to get this episode edited and produced by tomorrow morning. So if you have to go during this conversation, it'll be up tomorrow morning. We're going to get that done for you all. Also, if you're more of a visual learner like myself, all of these episodes are also later edited and uploaded to our YouTube channel. That link is right there for you as well. You can click on there, subscribe to our YouTube. If you're a YouTube channel person, uh, go on there, watch all the videos. Plenty of, really an abundance of uh, leadership information on there. And sure enough, uh, uh, Matthias will be on there as well. With that being said, folks, we are talking about genuine leadership. This means that every person is different. It's about finding your your own leader inside you and, and connecting with the specific people you are leading at that time and the specific context. And it's also about having good and solid business ideas. You are listening to the Real Leaders Podcast, where leaders keep it real. I'm your host, Kevin Edwards. Joining us today is Matthias Ubladziner, the author of The Expanding Circle, who claims that leaders must connect with themselves before connecting with the world. So in today's episode, Matthias breaks down how to deeply reflect and find your own inner values, the three levels of listening, and how to build meaningful connections built on trust so without further ado ladies and gentlemen please give it up for the real matthias ublitziner enjoy let's get this show on the road here we go in five four three two and one and welcome everyone to this episode of the real leaders podcast I'm your host, Kevin Edwards. Joining us today is Matthias Ublenziner, the author of The Expanding Circle. Matthias, thanks for being with us today. Hi, Kevin. How are you? 
I'm doing fantastic. I just got done reading your book last night, The Expanding Circle right here. Thanks for sending it over. You know, a big part of your book, Matthias, was discovering your own why, connecting to your inner circle and how that connects with the outer circle. So before we dive into the book, you know, why did you feel the need to write The Expanding Circle? That's a, a good question. Well, actually, look, I, I, I've been working for uh, with a number of like very good leaders. I've been very lucky for for a long time, many many years in different uh, global organizations, and I have had a number of very generous and good mentors. And and I felt that there was something there, and uh, and there you have the book. It's like I I went through all my experiences. I tried to identify what uh, these experiences had in common, what what worked, what didn't work, and I came up with a framework that would like put all of them together. And and that's the idea of the expanding circle. You know, I think it would be helpful today for our audience as well, because I have read the book, yeah. to walk them through this process. So let's start with the inner circle. Yeah. What do you yeah. mean by this inner circle and outer circle? What is the framework and how do you start with why? Yeah, I, I like to describe it like this. I, 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 in the book, I talk about genuine leaders. What, what does this mean? I, I describe leaders who first... Um, have a very good self-awareness. They understand themselves. It's what you were like mentioning, the inner circle. Mm. They understand their values. They understand what motivates them. And, and this is not something like just happens. It, it requires a lot of work. And then these people following those convictions, those values, that purpose, uh, also care about others and connect with others, trying to understand the other, not just like, oh, I get the other people, I am charismatic, I know what they mean, I know better. No, they take time to understand others, and that's the, the outer circle. And so what I say in the, in the book is when the inner circle and the outer circle are aligned, that's when your circle, your influence expands. Right. Um, sounds easy, but it requires a lot of work. And something that I really like about this idea, and, and it's based on what I've seen working, this is not something that you just, you, you, you are just born with, this, uh, with, with, with these skills. It's something that you, if you are committed, if you care about your, your mission, your purpose, and you care about others, you can do it. But it takes a lot of time and, and effort. You, you mentioned that quite often throughout the book and, and a few case studies of people yeah. really taking some time to kind of figure out who they were. Now, this deep reflective state that uh, one must go through to understand yeah. their, let's say, their core values, their meaning, yeah. their why. What are some steps someone listening to this could take to yeah. start that process? Yes. So, something that I, I should say, this is not like a, um, like a, a, a cookie cutter approach. 
We are talking about genuine leadership. This means that every person is different. It's about finding your, your own leader inside you and, and connected with the specific people you are leading at that time and the specific context. And it's also about having good and solid business ideas. If you don't have the right strategy, it's not just like, oh, I, I know myself and that's enough. Um, so different people will have different things that, that work. Uh, some people will do coaching, some people will need meditation, some people will uh, do journaling. Uh, and then it's not just about being with yourself, it's about going out to the world, trying to make a difference, run projects, initiatives, and see what happens. Um, and then also when, when we talk about getting to understand others, it's about really engaging with others, asking questions. In the book, um, so we can get into the different examples, like mainly people I work, like I know like for very well because I work for them for, for a while. And, uh, but, but I like, I, I like a, a, a quote uh, that I include towards the end of the book, and it's about a, a President Obama. And so Obama is a good example of somebody, if you think about back then, 2004, when the, he like um, got like very well known in the, in the broad national uh, political stage, he introduced himself in that 2004 convention pretty much talking about his story. The guy like wrote a book about his own story. And if you see that, that, that narrative that he then repeated for, for a long time in the 2008 campaign, he links that personal story about the opportunity, diversity, with the, with, with, at, at that time with the, with the promise of America, with the, with the share story. Okay, but going back to the book, uh, towards the end, I said, okay, even after what he did in 2008, towards the end of his presidency, he was traveling, I think, in Vietnam mm. and talking to a group of students. And the students asked, what have you learned about leadership? And he said, uh, okay, in addition to the technical stuff, which is very, very important, it's fundamental, it's about people and it's about listening, and it's about stories. It's about understanding their stories, what motivates them, asking questions, being curious. And this is a guy who said that after two, um, two terms being a president. And, and if you see the different, the different case studies, um, it's all people who understand their own story, and also have that capacity to develop a shared narrative, a shared story that people feel included and people want to be part of that. So understanding the core values is different for everybody. Uh, it's genuine leadership. There's no cookie cutter formula. I like to say all the time, we have hundreds and hundreds of leaders come on the show. There's no one definition of a real leader. Everyone's yeah. is different. Now we go to listening. You talk yes. a lot about in the book, the different levels of listening, intent. Yes. Uh, I think it was, yes, yeah, self-listening, intent listening, deep listening. Explain to our audience why listening is such an important component of leadership yes. and the differences yes. between these levels. Yeah. Um, first of all, listening, it's not something passive. 
you are listening to me and you are asking questions. And so what we do or yeah, we all do, I do uh, very often, it's self-listening. You know, you talk to somebody and you are waiting for the other person to stop talking so you can share all, all your wisdom. Good. And sometimes, I mean, it's fun. You go through life and it's useful. That's not the type of listening that you need to be a leader. Uh, then there is intent listening, uh, which is really you start like paying attention to the other. And, and then I talk about deep listening. And that's when you really, uh, when you are present at the conversation, when you somehow, um, I mean, I, I, I don't want this to sound like very like transcendental, like it's very like to, concrete, but it's when you are present there, when you are curious, you're asking questions, you are really trying to understand the other person. It's like, and you are with an open mind and, and you are not thinking about what you will get out of that conversation. You, you are trying to learn. Mm. I would say that you are with a learning mindset. Mm. And it takes a lot of time because we are humans. We yeah, we, we want to, to talk. <laughs> There's no doubt about that. And that's been one of the, the hardest things to learn as a podcaster is just listening. You know, I used to start out and I used to try to think, oh my gosh, what am I going to ask next? Yeah, next? exactly. Like, and, it, and that freaks you out and it makes the show even worse. But if you actually yeah. listen, things come to you when you're in the moment, as you say. You are in the moment. We say, we say here in the United yeah. States when you're locked in. Well, I couldn't hear, sorry. When, in, in the United States, we say when you're locked in. You know, that's what we say yeah. here. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. What, so you were about to say something. I cut you off. No, no. I, I, I agree with what you're saying. I, I was just going to say, you know, it doesn't mean that if you are, you go to, you are the host of, of this podcast and, and you're thinking what was, it doesn't mean that, that you're a bad person. No, you are a great person. You want to do a good show for your for, for your, your audience, it's just that it takes, uh, it takes courage to let yourself be, and it's not easy, and you need practice. And that's a little bit what I like about this expanding circle approach. Uh, it's doable. It takes practice. It's not like uh, just you are a gifted person. You can do it. Everybody can do it, but it takes commitment. Um, it takes practice, but you can achieve it. Absolutely. I totally get what you're saying. Uh, and what I was trying to suggest was having, I used to have predetermined questions. I used to write them down and yeah. never flowed the same. So now I ask our guests, hey, let's, I don't have any predetermined questions. We're just going to have a, a normal conversation, except for the last one at the end, which is what is your definition of a real leader? But for people that can't host a podcast, uh, don't have yeah. time to do yeah. that. What are you said? How, this is something you can practice. How do you practice? Deep yeah. listening. Let, let me say something and I try to, to answer your question, but something that I have noticed in, in, in you that I think that, uh, that, that leads to this point. Perhaps you, don't, you didn't write down all the questions and you are now thinking what I will ask 
uh, this guy next, but you did your homework. I mean, I know because of the few conversations we had and how you you are asking, you read the book, you try to understand the book, you try to understand what this guy from Argentina Certainly. in the U.S. is writing about communication. Okay, you did your homework. So, and that's something that I emphasize uh, in the book with my clients. Uh, it, it's it's not... It, you, you need to do your homework. You need to know your story. You need to uh, to to think about what the other people, the other person is trying to tell you. Uh, so, in terms of uh, deep listening, I would say it's practice. Sit with the other person, ask questions, uh, check with the other person whether you are understanding it correctly. There are a number of studies that show that we are terrible. And in the book, I I, I, I cite like data, yeah. uh, we are terrible at guessing what the other person actually uh, wants, uh, means. Um, we assume that we know the other person better than they know themselves. And it could be, but it's not always the case. Yeah, there's like this this fallacy or this projection that like communication actually happens. You can have a, a meeting with people and you, if you're not listening or actually understanding and asking the right questions, uh, there's the communications lost. As a leader, check with them, check with them as a group, check with them individually, take them to, um, uh, to a setting where, where they will feel uh, comfortable. Um, it, it depends a lot on the group, the kind of, of people, but you, you, you are talking, you are dealing with, but, you know, um, but you're not just going to guess because no better now let's let's flip this then if i'm on the opposite side and i'm the one trying to get people to listen to me what are some components of my story of my vision my shared vision that you would suggest these leaders listening to the show try to work on Mm -hmm. yeah yeah, well, first, I mean, what you are saying about communications, this book is about leadership, but I would say it's about leadership and communications, which are like the two things that I, I do with my clients. And and how, how you communicate as a leader. The first thing, and I don't want to go back and back and back, but it's a fact, is listening and thinking what you want to say um, before you speak. But then, as we said, uh, first, when you talk about your inner circle, getting to know, understand yourself, there is also a personal story. Let's say personal slash professional story. Here we are not talking, this is not therapy. We are not talking, therapy can help uh, to many people, but here we are talking about professional settings. And, and as a professional, you have a story and you need to, and you can have actually more than one story. We are, we, we, we have different different aspects, even professionally. Okay, you need to having that personal story and being able to share that. It's very important because it helps other people to make sense, to absorb who you are, what you want, why why you are engaging with them. Mm. It's not about just throwing like. Uh, data or, or, or pieces, data points of what you've done. and uh, No, you, you have, you know, as human beings, we learn by storytelling. So it's about being able to share that story. And if, if, if that story is genuine, uh, people see that. 
and, and that creates trust. So we have that story. We have that story will help other people to make sense of who you are as, as a person, as a leader, and also will create trust. That's the first part. And then as part of the, the outer circle, as I say in the book, is developing that shared narrative, shared story. Actually, in the book, I make a difference. I don't want to get like, I mean, I, in the book, I, I said one thing is the narrative, and then you have many stories that respond to that narrative. It's like the umbrella. Uh, it's like for a company to have like a, a brand. It has like, uh, it gives you an experience, but then it has different products. Uh, the same happens with the, the communications. So going back to, to, to the, the, the store, the how to communicate, it's important to be able to, to craft that shared narrative. That, by the way, you do that interacting with, 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 with others. And once you put that in place and people embrace that shared narrative, that's when people like, feel that they belong and that's when people will go the extra money. Mm. Matthias, now here's the thing I was I was thinking about while you were saying that uh, the inner circle, there's in your book, you you know, put out some framework. Okay, yeah. so, uh, what was the challenge you ran into? What the why? Uh, what were the choices you made? How how did you get over this challenge? What's the outcome that you had? Yeah. Um, in this genuine way, and then how that pertains also to the outer circle and the shared narrative. It's very similar concepts. Now, for someone listening to this in an organization that they're not the founder of, they didn't yes. originally, didn't, the idea of the company did not originate from them. If mm -hmm. they're going to go through this workshop, how do they conjoin a shared narrative if they're maybe on the outside and yeah. the founder is on the inside? Yeah, the, I thought about that in, 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 in working on the book a lot. And if you see, so who I write about in the book, I write about, you know, I work for more than 10 years for the World Bank. And, and I advise the, the leadership of the World Bank. But many of the people I I by featuring the book, they were not the president of the World Bank. They were not, they were like upper middle level directors, managers. Um, they had like big departments, like 100, 200 people, but they were part of the bureaucracy of thousands of people. So they didn't call all the shots. And, and so, this idea of, of connecting with yourself, connecting with the others, um, applies at all levels, I would say. And then we can talk even for people who don't run any, any teams. Mm. Um, in the book, you, you, I also feature people who are like just starting, not starting, but young, talented professionals um, who, who are just starting or, or they, they are in the middle of their careers, if you want, but they are not established leaders. So I don't know, please tell me, I'm not sure I'm responding to answering your, your question, but what I'm trying to say is that it applies 
you don't have to be the founder to, to connect with yourself and connect with others. And actually, it's important that as a leader that in that shared narrative, you take into account the context. You have a lot of constraints. It can be a founder. And even in your, if you are the founder, you have investors, you have a board. Um, you are never like the alone in the game. Okay, so maybe the the question uh, was prefaced in a, in, a, in a different way. I was more thinking of a brand script, uh, more of a, a a way to tell the story of your company, uh, yes. your inner values as the leader of that organization. Now, <clears throat> so if I am a a, a mid level manager and yes. I uh, am, am trying to, uh, I've I've done the workshop of my inner circle. I am now uh, am trying to create a shared vision, um, yes. but that shared vision may not correlate with the same intention of the company that I'm working for. Does that make sense? Well, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it happens. It happens a lot. And big bureaucracies or big, I mean, big complex organizations, and that that that's why it's not that easy right. to make this uh, happen. And um, so when we talk about engaging with others, you have to engage with your team and you have to engage like uh, you have to manage up and you have to manage down. And, 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 and I would say it, it doesn't always work. And mm. if, if your inner values and, mm. and convictions and, and don't fit with the organization, it's like sometimes you can change that and sometimes it doesn't. In the book, actually, I describe stories of people who have been, I, I talk about um, Fabian Koss, um, a leader who started up at the Inter-American Development Bank, that it's like the World Bank that focused on Latin America, in Latin America on Latin America, he, he started up the, the youth program. There was nothing what he started and he 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 he, he traveled all around Latin America, big like uh, social entrepreneurs and creating a network. And, and he managed for, we are talking about mid-90s, yeah? mid-90s, and he was like uh, for 15 years working on this. And he managed to mainstream the idea that it's very important for development projects uh, to, to, to invest in youth. And, and once he felt that once that was mainstream, it didn't matter how successful he had been. Um, he felt that he didn't, I wouldn't say he didn't belong it, but he, he felt like he had to leave. And he left and he started up another company. What I'm trying to say is that um, the, the, you have to make choices. And, and when you get know ourselves, like yourself is you have a choice and and to really make a difference perhaps uh, you need to change places yeah I, I think i prefaced that the wrong way it was more for the overall brand when in act you know in reality it's, it's just being a genuine leader you know for anything yeah. that comes up in your organization no matter where you are whether it's a campaign whether it's a sales initiative whether it's a challenge a constraint that comes in your way yeah. reflecting inward and then understanding who you are and where you want to take this project is something to convey to your outer circle, which really is a strong bond. Um, now, this storytelling framework. Yes. What are some questions people should be asking themselves 
yes. to depict to to kind of extrapolate their story and then you know convey it in a way that makes sense to someone on the outside yes deconstruct yes it's a, a good question there is a there is a, a a harvard professor who talks about three stories um and, and i take these ideas for the book so uh, i will try to to explain as he explains it he talks about story a story of self story of us story of now so he says the first thing is to be able to tell who you are where you go uh, what you care about and and you have to ask your those questions to yourself in relation to the challenge that you have ahead of, of you mm. and then connect that with the team the story of us explain how what you are going what, through, what you care about is relevant for the group. And the third part leads to the strategy. This is not just about telling a good story. It needs to lead to a good business idea or, or, or team strategy. And then you have to explain why it's important to take action now. Yeah? So, um, so first, I would say for each of these Stories, you need to understand what's the challenge that you or your team are facing. What are the options you have? Mm-hmm. And trying to connect, like, how, 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 how you feel when you talk, talk about your story, which usually is something that already happened. It's like, try to connect with how, how you felt when you made that decision. Mm. And, and then what was the outcome? And what is the, the learning that you want to share with others? And then when you get into the, the story of us, the story why this is relevant for all of us, is probably forward-looking. And, and you get into the same. What, what's the challenge that we have as a team? Uh, the organization is not like really, the, the organization is not really valuing what we do and we need to show why what we do is so important, so mm-hmm. fundamental for the organization. Right. Yeah. Uh, so that's the challenge. What are the options that we have? We just keep doing what we've been doing all this time and just get the salary, but there might be consequences. Uh, another CEO might say, I will get rid of that department. Or uh, we will uh, revisit how we work and what's the value we will engage with our internal clients and we will revisit. Uh, what's the value we bring to this organization, and that has it requires more more work. Will will require get out of our comfort zone, and okay, so that's a story that we need to put together all of us. And then the story of now, why we have to do now that? I mean, it might depend on the the context of the organization. So going back to the story of myself, it would be very nice for a manager to share with his, his uh, or her team uh, a similar situation that he he went through uh, a struggle he went through as, as a professional, let's say, when he felt that he was not taken seriously and he reconverted himself. Okay, now this is something that the whole team is facing. 
And we need to do it now because there is a new CEO and he's not happy with our performance. So it seems like when one clarifies their why, mm-hmm. the ultimate why, it, it makes it easier for the whole to make decisions and to make choices based on that why. Is that what I'm, Absolutely. I'm kind of getting? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. I'm, I'm saying this, this kind of genuine leadership is going to be, it's very relevant today. Genuine leaders are especially well positioned to make a difference now. And I'm saying in the decade ahead, even more. And I started writing this book. I wrote this book during COVID, uh, but I started uh, right before. So I had this idea and then I realized COVID is actually, um, it, it, it's, it's even uh, intensifying this idea of um, we live in an uncertain world, a changing world. Um, you cannot, as a leader, you cannot uh, foresee everything that is going to happen uh, in a complex organization. You cannot micromanage everything. So, but if you can share that why and share and show how it matters, it matters to you as a leader personally, and it matters, uh, and you articulate that in, in, in a way that matters for the entire team then people can make their own decisions, but they understand the, the shared purpose, the direction, the why, as you, are, uh, as you are saying. I really like that idea of the why. So taking time to do some deep reflection, listening and understanding others, and that really is what facilitates this, yeah. the, the connections, the building the trust, the storytelling aspects of things, building those connections, the inner circle and the outer circle, when those are aligned, it creates more expanding circles. I'm there now. Now, one of the other things I felt was was an ongoing theme throughout this book with all of the case studies. They talked a lot about accountability and ownership. How important is that for a leader to have within its own organization? The short answer is like uh, very important if it's paramount, if you are not accountable and accountable in front of your team or your partners, your clients, they're not going to trust you. And you might be like uh, another kind of leader and might work, but this kind of genuine leadership in which it's all about trust, um, if you don't, if you don't acknowledge, if you are not accountable for your what you do, and sometimes it means acknowledging that you got it wrong, but that showing that you care and you are learning, that trust doesn't happen. Um, one of the stories uh, in, in the book, it's about the uh, Diego Belkerman. Diego is the, now is the, the, the manager for Latin America um, of Microsoft. And he didn't start as the manager for the for the region. He started as director, actually, the, the, the title, but it doesn't matter. He started in like a middle-level manager in for Argentina. And even, but even before that, even before that, like it was like middle-level middle manager. And, and, and he tells a story 
when like it was in the middle of the crisis like 2007 8 crisis you know the the world was falling apart and um, now we think that it was nothing compared to today's situation but but at that time oh, yeah. so all the banks going south and and he came up with the like um, the co-investment uh, approach for for small and medium sized uh, businesses, it doesn't matter right now. Like the technical um, approach that he came up with, but it really worked in a country like Argentina, also quite uh, unstable. And and so he got like call uh, he and his team like to um, corporate awards, all those things that happen in big corporations, and they were like uh, up there, and then things change and he as a leader didn't foresee that things would change mm. and uh, and when he was young very young very young for his position and and you know what they what the approach he took was like to point fingers to try to um, find who was responsible for the different mistakes and shuffle people around and then he realized over time that now he needed to take responsibility. And, and, and it was not just a process he himself went through. There was this other part of talking to others and acknowledging what he didn't do right and, uh, and apologizing. And that made the, himself like the, the boss he is now, and people really appreciate him, and people really trust him. And I tell in the book another story um, when he got it wrong, just in a much higher position, he got it wrong. In, uh, um, but his approach was different. He went to his team, his leadership team, his staff, and he acknowledged that, and people. Supported him. People had his back because he was accountable for what he had done. I found that to be a really interesting story too. This is right when the the political regimes change in Argentina, right? Yeah, there was there was a there was an election, and so before the election, there was a let's let's say a business friendly. Yeah, Uh, didn't do very well to be honest, but. At least in theory, was business friendly administration. Most analysts thought that they would win, and they didn't. And so, a, a government a, a, with more like a, a populist approach came to power, and so that changed for businesses, changed the, the, the entire logic. And imagine like a company like Microsoft, it's like, okay. Didn't see it. I mean, they they are just fine, and but, but yes, it was at, at that time. And and the fact that somebody who holds that position in a company like Microsoft is interesting. Yeah. We talk about these things. It tells me something about uh, the courage that they have to understand themselves, learn from what they do right and from what they don't do right, they do, and, and, and engage based on that with, with others. And this is a very successful guy, and, and this is not, we are not talking about the, uh, we are talking about the business person. Right. Well, Matthias, uh, you had, well, 
I, th- I think what's interesting is this person was able to talk about this. Yes. Yeah. yes. Leadership is something that I've heard many times. It can't be taught. Why can't it be, be taught? Well, because you have to experience failure. You have to go through this. You have to let people fail. And so, I, uh, you know, he had another example in the book with uh, the woman who was in charge of faculty at that university and then was just right before yeah, COVID. Fletcher, school. And you brought the point of what could go wrong. Why aren't we having those conversations? How, why aren't we planning for things like that? What advice would you give the people listening to this who haven't thought about failure? Who, people who haven't thought about failing? Haven't thought about failing. Well, as a leader, I think that you, you should. And it's never late to start doing it. And it's not about just doing it yourself. It's about engaging with your team. I'm very being very generic in, in what I'm saying, but so the same, it's about like connecting with yourself, understanding what can go, go wrong, like how you think that you would feel, but about that, but also connecting with others. Um, and if you create this trust that we are talking all the time with your team, with your clients, and especially with your team, they will go the extra mile and they will tell you what can go wrong. If you don't, uh, and it's just because you have the authority, you pay, you you do the performance review, they will just look, look at like wait for you to fail and then there will be another boss. I think that a little bit, actually it's a very good question because a, a little bit of what's behind being a genuine leader is this idea that people will have, you will have their back and they will have your back. Mm-hmm. And there is no way in today's world that you will know everything that can go wrong. And so you need your team to tell you. Matthias, what, what about gratitude? Uh, have you thought about gratitude being a value of importance and leadership uh what are your thoughts on gratitude being instilled in the culture i I like the question i i don't i don't think that you you just read the book so correct me if i I don't think that i talk about gratitude in that way in the book but i really um i think that it's part of what we are discussing right um it's it's about acknowledging others and and being grateful for for what other people like give you the trust they give you. In the, the book, I talk about. I, I also talk a little bit about how to career development when it, as part of this idea of becoming your, your own a genuine kind of leader. And I talk a lot about like having the mentors and and learning from others. And I think that what's behind about that it's like appreciate them, what they are giving you. And so I, I think that it's difficult for me to think about the genuine leaders who is not grateful. Mm. Now, would you rather have a culture of ownership or a culture of gratitude? When you say ownership, you mean 
Would you rather have the employees in your company thinking about the why for the decisions that they make being taking ownership? Or would you rather have them about the decisions they make about being grateful? And the reason I asked, you can think about this one, the reason I asked because I was reading this book and accountability yes. was a big part of this. Ownership was a big part of this. Also, Extreme Ownership by Jocko Willing, big part of that book. Had a guest on the show who wrote the book, Leading with Gratitude, and that was a big message, how all these yes. businesses, the, yes. common, the, the common theme was gratitude. So I kind of say, okay, is it gratitude, is it ownership? Obviously, they intertwine, but what would you rather have? I was going to say that. They, they can perfectly go together. I'm, I don't see... And, and uh, I mean, ownership definitely is a very big, um, very big point. You want your team uh, to to feel ownership, and actually, as I show in the book, like uh, there are there is a lot, there are a lot of studies that show that especially new generations they want to feel ownership and feel purpose of what they do. Um, and, and I, I see that gratitude can be can go together with the ownership. And uh, ideally, I would like to have the, the, the two things in the in, in, in an organizational culture. Um, I do think that the gratitude has to start from from the leader, if you want. It's if not, it's uh, so people need to feel appreciated and valued. Well, for people listening out there, if they've been doing a good job of deep listening today throughout today's episode, they'd understand that they have to go home, do some homework, think about their own values and with whatever way that they do that. This is genuine leadership. This is in your own right. Then also learning uh, to listen more clearly, uh, to listen deeper, to be more intentional about these things and to take time to then ask your own questions. And then lastly, uh, to expand the circle having that shared vision that people can coalesce around and, and uh, can form their own vision and have that shared um, why is something that really unites and builds that meaningful connection. Uh, we talked about those three principles really throughout this entire yes. episode today, Matias. So the last question I have for you today is this, what is your definition of a real leader? Yeah. I would like to go with the idea of a genuine leader, somebody who is truly tuned in uh, with herself or himself, with the others, and I could say with the world around them. I love that. Tis, it's, having, uh, it's been a pleasure having you on the, sh on the show today. Thank you so much for sending over this wonderful book, folks. Uh, you can find it on Amazon as well as uh, Matisse's website. And by the way, what is that website? It's uh, matioblu.com, M-A-T-I-O-B-L-U.com. And there you will learn a little bit about myself, that I, I, I advise like leaders and high potential like professionals on leadership, organizational development and communications. You will find information about the book and please reach out. And I, I'm looking forward to, to connecting with, with the, the audience of this show. And, and Kevin, thank you very much for taking the time to, um, to dig into the, the, the book, talking to 
to me, I, I really appreciate and a pleasure. I hope we can talk again like very soon. It meant a lot uh, for you to reach out. Uh, I'm glad you you watched the show and, and uh, felt the need to reach out. And I'm glad you sent the book over. I really thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, and folks, it's a quick read. Uh, I'd highly recommend it. Uh, and it's something that I'll probably be going back to look at. Um, you know, during the, this reflection stage. Um, also, folks, if you want to reach out as well, just send us an email, b at real-leaders.com. That's b-e at real-leaders.com. Send me a note if you want to come to the show or if you have a guest that you'd like to see as well. Uh, Matthias, thank you so much for coming on. Hope you hang around to answer a few questions after the show. But for Matthias Abludziner, uh, I'm Kevin Edwards asking you to go out there, lead in a genuine way, folks, and always keep it real. Thanks, Matthias. And thank you, good people, for hanging on to this episode of The Real Leaders Podcast. We hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. Folks, if you didn't know by now, all of these episodes are streamed live for you on our Crowdcast channel and on LinkedIn. So if you want to watch one of these live and and not miss an upcoming episode with an important leader where you can ask your own questions one-on-one, and build meaningful connections, go online to real-leaders.com slash podcast live events and RSVP for an upcoming episode with a real leader. Also, folks, would mean the world to me if you can keep this show going and make sure to leave a review on Apple Podcasts. I love hearing what you all have to say, love the feedback, and what you'd like to see more of. Also, if you have a leader in mind or you yourself are thinking about coming on the show, email us at b at real-layers.com. That's b at real-layers.com. Let us know what you think. And always, folks, keep it real.